and welcome to the Wadfam Chalkpod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Acebo. And uh, we're joined this week by a special guest. I'm Brendan Acebo. Hey! Returning guest. First the, return? Am I the first returning guest? You, well, so you already were because you did two. Yeah, but that was a two-parter. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah. But yes, so both both our first returning guest and our first three-timer. Yeah. Um, yeah. To a two-for-one situation. Yeah, I'm a big fan yes. of the podcast. and uh, He so. will listen to it in the car with me. <laughs> it is agonizing. <laughs> <laughs> I have done that. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Um, the other thing is, is that uh, every other week, I do work on Tuesday mornings at the hospital, and so... Like that's when the pod is dropped. It you is. all know that, and you super fans. Um, so <laughs> I, I will literally I'll be driving to work. To like I work in a mental hospital, and uh, I'll be like psyching myself up for the day. <laughs> I'll put on the podcast and just like laugh about it. It's there. You go. Yeah, I don't Yay. know. Man. It's not a it's not a bad way to start a Tuesday. <laughs> no, no, I, I, yeah, no, I, I kind of hate. When I genuinely enjoy listening back to the show. <laughs> it's like, I don't yeah. know what having a podcast has done for my self-esteem in the sense that it it either boosts it a ton or just completely obliterates it. Try editing. Yeah. Oh, show. Mm. It makes for a very interesting experience. What? Well, yeah, okay, do you want to so listen to it? Do but... open up that a little bit? Well, just like, I, I become, I've become way way more aware of things that I do and, like, the way I talk. And in some ways it's nice because I then also can, like, try and course correct. But in other ways I'm, like, listening back to the thing and I'm kicking myself because I'm like, you knew, you knew that that was bad when you did that, but you did it anyways. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Can we so. please get an example? What? Oh, just, like, taking weird pauses or, like, one of one of my classic ones, especially for people who listen have listened from the beginning or like have listened to an old episode recently, I, especially early on when I was gathering my thoughts, would really drag out the words until I could get to where I knew the sentence needed to go. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, And that is brutal to, there is no way to edit that other than redubbing it. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I had paused, gathered my thoughts, and then said a complete sentence... I could have edited out the pause and it would have been perfect. But yeah. instead I was like, what if I just drag things out? Yeah. And then that is in the final audio because I didn't have a choice. Yeah, no, no, that's, oh. I, I feel that way about me saying, um, all the time. I say, um, a lot. Yeah. Oh my. But see, ums are way easier to edit. Yes, they are. Yes. Because... Yeah, I do that for the Scrub soundtrack. That's and sometimes the Andrew Sabo podcast. Yeah, wow. Speaking of which, episode coming soon. It's been recorded. Gas. On... What episode are we talking about today, Dylan? Yeah, yeah. So, so we're talking about episode three thirty three, the last resort, mm-hmm. which is yes. the yes. Yeah, please keep that in there, by the way. Yo, absolutely. It's the penultimate episode of of the Blackguard Chronicles, and uh, Brendan's been bugging us to to come on an episode and talk about of Blackguard. Oh, sorry, penultimate episode of Darkness Before Dawn. Yes, correct. Because we still because we still have Blackguard's Revenge, which we constantly don't talk about. (laughs) Okay, but here's the thing. I knew that you guys were going to do the Blackguard Chronicles, and I started listening 
oh my gosh, this is months ago. Yeah, you and re-listened to the Blackheart Chronicles like a couple times. I did, yeah, yeah. I just kind of like got into this routine where it was like, oh, this is fun to have on in the background. I haven't listened to this since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I can kind of remember how I felt when I was listening to it when I was younger. And also it hits me different because I'm older now. Good place to and, be in. Right, and my fa- literally the reason this podcast exists so <laughs> yeah so i was listening through and i got to this uh the last resort and this is easily my favorite episode in darkness before dawn oh i'm so glad it worked out this so way, i was hoping when i heard it i was like i hope i can get on for that episode that would be so fun for me oh, like no, if i could only yeah. do one because the the final conflict is i mean it's heavy but it's also kind of short mm-hmm. right well and the final conflict like is wrapping up the series so andrew and i were like that's gonna be a long episode we do mm-hmm. not need a guest for that yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. our but, guest episodes are quite long typically yeah. yeah also um interesting that this is your favorite um as per the ratings on the wiki this is the second lowest off this uh off the the blackguard chronicles really? on well, off the Darkness Before Dawn segment of the Blackguard Chronicles, Gathering Thunder, um, which is the episode where Butch is spying, is rated a 90%, and this one's got a 92 oh, okay. Everything else is above that. Also, nothing is low rated. Like, yeah, I was no. going to say. Mm. the lowest rated <laughs> yeah. in a range of, like, 96 to 90. Yeah, fair so. enough, fair enough. Well, and I think the lowest rated Odyssey episode is, like, in the 70s, too. Yeah, the... Do we know what the... I mean, I've found it before. Yeah. I don't know if I can find it now, but okay, it does. It does exist um, on on the wiki of like, ah, yes, this is the one that that the the people have voted and said, uh, no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. It might be a Twilight Zone episode. Who Probably knows? Probably would be. <laughs> the boy who didn't go to church. Yeah. Oh. Oh man. But, but yeah. And uh, do we have any unique cast members for this episode? Uh, we have uh, Bob Smithhauser as Lieutenant Shaw. Uh, oh, the, the, yeah, yeah. The, the policeman who arrests uh, yes. Jason. Spoiler. Yes. Um, and uh, he he's interesting. So he is not a voice actor, um, though he has been on a handful of episodes doing different, different people. No one of real consequence. But he is a writer and editor and podcast host for focus on the family hey, um, so he hosted go. the aio podcast uh, yeah, the official, the official podcast yeah. he's been a host on that he's hosted a bunch of plugged in stuff as well as writing Oof. um and editing yeah plugged in. Um, <laughs> that took me back. and uh just like in the past year has written two episodes of adventures and odyssey um one with where that he co-wrote with phil waller and then the um, March episode for the the club this year, mm-hmm. he wrote on his own. Um, so How about I that? have a weird wow. amount of knowledge about him. Uh, and uh, has yeah. a pretty good convincing cop voice, to be honest with you. Yeah, no. It's one of those things where I was listening to it and I was like, he's not one of like the voices that I know. But he is doing a good job. Mm-hmm. I wonder who he is, and then it, like it makes sense that right. he is a guy who records audio so, for a job. I feel that way though about uh, Paul McCusker in this show, where it's like yes. he does a great mm-hmm. job as Glassman, so uh, good. Yeah, but also the first time I heard 
his voice, like his normal speaking voice, it was like, well, yeah, oh my gosh, it's it's Phil Glossman. The same right. thing with um, oh my goodness, who's the other one that uh, is the Phil voice? Waller yeah, doing... the voice of Dale Jacobs. Yep. Where mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, yeah, this is your main character, the one that I know the most, is also just your speaking right. voice. Right. Exactly. You know, like for... you're not you're not putting on a character. You're not doing a voice, and that's even true of some of the people on this show who are more voice actors. I mean, all the kids, like uh, yeah. a lot of the, but even some of the, like there are a couple, there are a couple specific people where you're like, oh, you are very much a voice actor. Mm-hmm. When you like talk about your Will Jess Harnells yeah. and your Will Ryans are like the two yeah, big yeah, ones yeah. and Corey Burton. Yeah. Like oh those, goodness. those are ones where it's like, oh, they will get this person to play everyone and they like do a really good job of it but there are definitely there are definitely people throughout who you're like oh you're not really doing if you can did much of a performance like you are kind of just this is the way you talk if you can be and it's really good for this character if you can be wooten and mr charles yeah you are an Uh actor like oh my lord well if you can be eugene and harlow doyle yeah what yeah yeah same guy yeah, that's Will Ryan. Man in the crowd. Right. <laughs> that's your first time you didn't know that? Yeah. No, no, I mean, I could see it. You know that yeah. Tom Riley and Bart Rathbone are the same guy, right? Well, yes. yes. Okay. I know that. And, and I know that Mitch and, and Rodney, Rodney are the same. <laughs> same. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Which is another one that I really like. Yeah. But but yes, we haven't we haven't had a Harlow episode at all in this show. So it hasn't really come up. But yeah. Uh-huh. That's our next arc. I just no, know. I just know. <laughs> no, it's not. Please let it not be. <laughs> it was definitely Harlow's or Will Ryan, rather, that was in the crowd. I think it was in the last episode. It's yes. Like, Why didn't you test the soil? Oh yeah, yes. that yeah. was. Yep. I, like I, I knew yes. that, and I was he like, was "Oh, that's Harlow Doyle for sure." Yeah. Yes. I just didn't realize that that was also the voice of Eugene. And right. shout out to the Land Before Time, Petrie. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah dynamic petrie so uh yeah with with all that off the top i think i'm going to roll the promo please um, do <laughs> unless there's anything else we need to say i don't i, I think i think we've covered it mm-hmm. clues keep falling into place on the next adventure and odyssey just when jason whittaker believes he's cracked the case of blackard's diabolical plot he winds up in jail but can top-secret information stored in a laptop computer reveal what's really going on and bring Dr. Blacker to justice? Learn more next time on Adventures in Odyssey. I'm going to be honest, I did not hear any of the words spoken because I was too busy listening to that music. That so music you guys so are going to need to cover this? No, I so here's the thing. <laughs> Here's the thing. Do they do they listen? To what? Where are they pulling this from? I. They're like, I've listened to the episode. It's time to make the promo. You know what we need? We need a cross between game show music and eight bit arcade music from like the original 007 game. Uh huh. Yep. That was incredibly precise. I just. I well, congratulate yeah, thank you. Well, on that. Well thank done. you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Put my thoughts into very good words. I just, oh my goodness, that that music was like the musical equivalent of uh, pineapple Fanta. <laughs> <laughs> Man, no, I was gonna say um, like really Fanta. big 
like 80s and 90s hair scrunchies yeah yeah that's what i was thinking that's fair yeah it is and very white sneakers yes <laughs> the whitest sneakers truly something else that has been the the narrative arc of this show is that the thing we care most about the question we most need answered is who does the promo what is happening with the promo <laughs> they're just so bonkers they're all yeah. over the place and the thing is like they they really go back and forth between um we're not going to spoil anything we're going to try to be intriguing all also the music is going to be just awful and then it's gonna trail on for like you know 10 seconds after we've uh said our last oh, yeah. word. oh every time yeah right every time and then the other times they'll do it and it'll be like the music is also gonna be bonkers it's also gonna make no sense but we're also gonna basically summarize the entire episode yeah. so that there's no reason to listen to right. it. Right. And sometimes the person narrating is a rat. Yep. <laughs> that <laughs> happened that one time. I do remember that. That was that was uh they, was they no had problem. the rat and they also had the inspector that yep. one yes. time. Yep. Like <laughs> the, Oh my gosh. It just uh, Oh man. Yeah. I don't understand like how many hands did that pass through that they thought it was okay? I I don't know. I, I I don't think this person has any oversight. There so, must not be. Okay, so what I want to believe about this situation is that uh, Dr. James Dobson <laughs> is a huge fan of, like, greasy old detective shows and also wants to somehow put his creative imprint on Adventures in Odyssey, but... No one will let him, except <laughs> for the pros. Oh no! I was assuming they had like the office drug addict or something like that was just only in charge of the promo. Oh man! I, I like this idea that they're like no president of our company. You can't touch anything except the promos. Well, it was just like uh, we'll throw okay. him a bone. Give him the promos. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So back in the day. All three of us went to a church oh, no. where there was a pastor for Bones. who was a pretty good uh he was a pretty good speaker. He was also a very enthusiastic trombonist. That is true. And so the worship leader of the church, who creatively was pretty different from the senior pastor, would occasionally throw him a bone. So that he could do something on the worship team. Throw him with a his... trombone. Oh, there it was. Wow. That was such low-hanging fruit. It really was. It. it just like dropped in my lap. Wow. I made a Venmo for bones joke before yeah, that. Yeah, no, we all that. ignored yeah. that. Yeah, no, that's fine. It's worth like ignoring. It was a bad joke. I just said it quietly because I didn't want anybody to hear it. Okay, so, but then you said it loudly. But the point is, <laughs> the point is, is like... I want to imagine that they're in the same creative situation where it's like, we value you as a person. I want you to feel like you're contributing. Yep. Yeah. But also, you have 20 seconds. He can't yeah. do any, he can't do that much harm in 20 seconds. Yeah. Although, maybe he can. <laughs> yeah. I, and, then, and the thing is, is that... It's a 30 second that, promo. It's a, the 20 seconds is just... The last 10 seconds is not dialogue. <laughs> right. So it's like a... No, it, it's a Jack White situation. Where oh. it's like he no Jack White talks all the time about some selectively limiting himself so that he has to do more with less mm -hmm. so like compensate for what you don't have mm -hmm. so I'm imagining 
Dr. James Dobson is like, what can I possibly do that's impactful and memorable in 20 <laughs> seconds? And he ends up with a rat. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, he's, yeah. he's basically pioneering TikTok. Is yeah, right. yeah yes. actually. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, is there an Adventures and Odyssey side of TikTok? Because... We've already had this conversation, I... and someone has already reached out to the say... The fam TikTok? Yes. Wait, What? Yeah, uh, I, I believe, didn't know there was feedback from. Yeah, that. yeah, we got we got a we got a link from someone um, from a listener saying, "Hey, this person has made Odyssey TikToks." So. Oh my goodness! Has anybody That's, is that my brand now? Did anybody Maybe. pick up on the Wadfam TikTok? Because I thought that was a good line. I I, yeah. I heard it, it clicked, and then I did not acknowledge it. I, I'm trying to decide like, does it need to be like, like it it should be the Wadfam talk tick. <laughs> but I don't know if that's better or worse. Better. It sounds like a it, the it wad fam like tick. I have a tick. Or the tick. Or, or the wad tick talk pod. <laughs> oh. Uh, no, because that implies it's a podcast. Right. I know the it wad, doesn't. The, the wad fam TikTok. I think is definitely. Yeah, I think, I, yes. If if you want to, if you want to capture that market, Andrew. I will relinquish that part of my IP control. This isn't me emoting. <laughs> this is genuine shock and awe. Shock and awe. Whoa. Yeah. Stay tuned, Chuck Squad. <laughs> I'm coming at you. Oh, oh my gosh. If so, we can get you a Meltzner vest and some glasses, I still will look nothing like Eugene. <laughs> And a wig well, that covers your eyes, but you put the glasses on over top of that. Yep. Oh, then maybe. Uh, then maybe. No, no, I'm not thinking dressing up as characters. I'm thinking of like commentating on us recording and also the episodes as well. Or just l- making funny jokes about the episode. <laughs> Lip syncing to Adventures in Odyssey audio. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so you're not actually doing impressions you're doing impressions of impressions exactly exactly well that's what tiktok is it's just lip syncing i mean that's 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 where it started yeah. double impressions impressions mm. depression oh Oof. then i'll Ow. be great at it <laughs> i was gonna say yeah <laughs> coming at you from so, where i live so andrew how does this episode begin Honestly, I am oh, so it off. Begins with a, no, 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 no. I got this. Go for it. It begins with a conversation between uh, Tom and Jason and Eugene. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm trying to remember... Jack's there. Too. Jack's, yeah, Jack's present for that, too. And they're talking about what has just happened um, with Jellyfish, just because we get an amazing Tom Riley questioningly saying Jellyfish. Yeah. Jellyfish? 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 Which is so good. And then, uh, and, and is it is it his first time hearing about jellyfish? From Maxwell? Yeah. When he comes to his right. office? Yeah, so he should have known. Right. That's correct. Okay, okay. So just, just so we're clear, like, not the first time up the before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he is very confused by it. Right. And, and... Which he might just not have been listening to Richard, because, of course... Oh, by the sure. way, Maxwell, well... Tom is suspicious of Maxwell, right? Right. Oh, it's bad. He's in a coma. Yeah, yeah so Richard yeah. Maxwell's in a coma. <laughs> He's Jason literally is explaining like doing that... the equivalent of walking over his grave. Right. Well, yeah, kind just of. About. So, so Jason is explaining to Tom that Richard uh, saved 
Lucy. Mm-hmm. Nah, he would he would he would really hurt her though. That sounds like something he would do to her. He does say that. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> like and then such, I love it's <sighs> such an attack. Jason is just uh you know, Tom, I think you're really way off base about mm-hmm. Richard. Yeah. It was like, wow, that's, that's yeah. incredibly direct feedback. Thanks for that. And yeah. you're also calling him Richard, which is new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is like, yeah, this is a humanizing Maxwell. moment for, for Maxwell. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, he said Richard and it didn't click initially because I was like, Richard? Oh, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, that that's guy. his first name. Mm-hmm. He's got one of those. It's like when anybody says Regis. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that's got a Mufasa, Mufasa, Mufasa. Yeah, yeah, that's got that effect. Or if they called him Philip, like you don't even ew. know who I'm talking about oh, right now. Glossman? <laughs> You're like, ew. There's something yeah. weird about no, that. No, all all the villains are last name only. Yep. Except except for Jellyfish, Jellyfish. who has his own name. Yeah. So which is last name? I all I know is his first name is Myron. That's all you know. You never yeah. Know which is just no. It, the wiki does list his last name. Oh, okay. As being. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Apparently, I cannot. Myron. Oh, because he doesn't actually speak in this episode. One moment while I go to his page. <laughs> Myron oh Horowitz. Oh, oh, we made him Polish. I think that is Polish. Sounds Polish. I think it's Polish. So the end of the last episode ends with Jason getting that call mm-hmm. saying from Jack saying, "Hey, you know, Max was in the hospital," and so he leaves. Eugene and Tom are there at the time. They go with. Why did Tom go along? He is just here whining. Like, I realize why he did from a plot perspective. But why did he personally choose to go along when then he just sits there and talks bad on on Maxwell? FOMO. (laughs) Tom Riley has terrible FOMO, and he doesn't want to miss all the sweet hospital tea. He is a mayor. He has so many better things to be doing than going to the hospital to visit a sworn enemy that he is not even slightly reconciled with. Right, so it's a plot. It's a plot convenience for sure. It's because they need to get Tom and Richard to reconcile eventually, and they need to... I guess they felt like they had to move the ball one step like, further the, towards the, the, that. The, the sequence of events is Tom shows up at Jason's house as Maxwell is leaving, throws some serious shade at Maxwell, Maxwell leaves, falls off a cliff, goes into a coma, Jack finds him, Tom is still at Jason's house, and then they all go to go see Maxwell, and Tom is throwing shade at <laughs> Maxwell. Like, it's... Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's tough. So then... What we get is we have a cutscene to Rodney Rathbone in presumably the reception area of this hospital. Triage. Yep. Yeah. Right. And and he's asking whoever the nurse at the desk is yep. or the receptionist is. Patient care assistant. Could be a PCA, you're right. And <laughs> uh, and he's asking about a patient and you know, I wanna know if they're okay. And then I thought this was hilarious. Yes. The receptionist is like I'm sorry, I can't discuss uh, discuss. I can't discuss patients' conditions with you, but you can go upstairs to the emergency room and ask there. And he's like, "What? what? Yeah, yeah." So I'm like, "No, I'm I can't glad tell you, you guys anything about him, but also 
He's definitely here. He's definitely in emergency care. And you can go there. I, I'm Random so glad kid. that you clocked that because I was also like taken aback. What is, what is this system where it's like, no, here at reception, we are not permitted to tell you anything. But if you go further into the hospital, you will get more info. Yeah. It's trippy yeah. the opposite. No, I think. Was there a time though when that's how that's how hospitals worked, where they were much more lenient with security and stuff? Because this was recorded uh, in the nineties. Yes, ninety five. Yeah. Well, maybe recorded before then, but probably not. It's a, yeah, it's I an, don't it's know. a September this was episode. All we had to do. Records. I feel like all we needed out of that was, for some reason, Rodney's in the same elevator as. Eugene and Jason. And so that For happens. an insane scene. So yeah, Rodney scene. presses the elevator button to So oh so Jason and Eugene How Rodney have get already to the said that he walked. It's Odyssey. Jason and Eugene have already said that they are leaving there. that they are leaving the the um they're leaving to go and get more information or like mm-hmm. com- continue to investigate the um and so they're going down in the elevator. They press the button. Or Rodney presses the button, goes to walk in. There's that exchange where they like realize who each other is. Sorry, and then Jason, elevator. And That's then Jason grabs him, drags him into the elevator, and tosses him against the wall. If the sound effects are to be believed as canon. Right. And they have to be. That's the show. Yeah. It's a good you thing. You can't do this to me. You're an adult. Eugene, you're a witness. And then Eugene, stone cold. Witness to what? I'm like, okay, no, I'm so with Rodney. Rodney's going to die. Absolutely right. Rodney's so, going to get killed in the hospital and stuffed in a supply closet. So, so Jason Whitaker is roughing up a minor in a hospital elevator in Correct. front of Eugene. And Eugene is thinking to himself, I will just let this play out. We'll just see what happens here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eugene's like... I've been a Christian for a week. This seems reasonable. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how it can take a toll on your morale. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. It's just the yeah. The like throwing a child into a wall is insane. I could get it if I... they did the whole like drag him in by his ear and they do the whole funny bit where it's like kind of a parent situation. But this is just assault. This is just yeah, assault of yeah, a minor. It's really, it's really rough. So, so Rodney then takes the time to recap last episode. Thank goodness. And explains that, oh, they, at this point they have stopped the elevator in between floors. This is a hospital. <laughs> they need those. <laughs> Jason's like, Eugene, stop the elevator. And they do. So, so it then. That's the sound of Andrew beating his head. <laughs> in case that doesn't do come that. through. Yeah. Oh, well, man. and also like. I think I feel like most elevators that are in like hospitals are not going you're not gonna be able to do it either. Well, uh no you can't. They, they always have to have emergency stops, but I like, got stuck in an elevator at the hospital one time. Because you stopped it yourself? No, because the but it had a button in there to stop it. I know because I got stuck in right. the elevator and wasn't doing okay. anything and I tried pressing the stop button to see if like maybe if I pressed it again that it would release or something. Yeah, negative times a negative kind of deal. Yeah. Um two wrongs make a right. Um, two lefts don't make a right, but three do. Oh, man. Hey, the Wadfam Chalk Squad, they might be into Reliant K. It was uh, the first album yes. I ever had on CD. Anyways, this really? is... Yes. Wow. Wild. Um, and so the, 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 the couple things of note here. One, Rodney being genuinely terrified of Jason. But two, to recap the previous episode, as Rodney does, 
he was at wit's end he took maxwell into wit's end through the service entrance they then rodney got out of there while maxwell created a diversion and got captured rodney then stuck around and when bovril and um jellyfish threw him into a truck and to take him to trickle to dump him out the window well i mean he jumped they were but you know kill him. right when they do all that rodney follows so this was my <laughs> question too because i was listening to it and i was like how in the sam heck does rodney get all the way up there right. to trickle lake does he have a car because he cannot bike that fast. There Correct. is no way. So, so the only thing I can come up with is that he drives a Tercel. That I wrote that down in my notes. That's Are you kidding me? Good, good bit. Does Rodney have a car? Is, is it, it a, a Tercel? tercel? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the only thing I can come up with is that he pulled a Back to the Future and put a skateboard and is just hanging on to the back of their <laughs> yeah. van going up to Trickle Lake. Which, which is can, always up, so yeah. it's definitely a hill as well. Yeah, which, and don't they slam on the brakes? Probably. Stop Wouldn't Rodney have gone flying yeah, yeah, yeah. into the car? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so that, that, that's, that's my headcanon, but it is genuinely insane. <laughs> Unless also, he was on a longboard on his stomach, and then when they slammed on the brakes, he just went under the car. <laughs> brilliant. But, like, the other thing is it's fully unnecessary. Yes. Nothing is gained by this. Yes. Rodney could say, I saw them leave in a van. Yeah. I assume that's where Maxwell was. And then he turned up on the side of the road. Problem solved. Like, you didn't that's true. need... That's true. You didn't need Rodney to be like, yeah, I followed them. Well, I mean, how else would he have been on that remote road? I get it. It serves the plot, yeah, but, but, but it does but create he a doesn't, giant hole. Jack has already found Maxwell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Rodney doesn't need to have found Maxwell. He right. just needs to have heard through the grapevine that Maxwell's at the hospital, and right. that's why he's turning And there's up. a more believable way that they could have done that. That's true. Right. That's very true. Or so, he's... Yeah. Just, there's, but, there, he sees... He, he, yeah, right. I, but the important, just, the important right. plot point of this conversation is that Eugene and Jason find out that there's a laptop computer right. that could have information on it that might be useful to their cause. Rodney starts throwing the us around, you know, and they're like, what do you mean us? Like, you're working for them. And he's like, look, I don't like them any better than you do. Right. So, and th- this is where... Rodney starts to become more openly on uh, the Wits End team. Of yes, the angels. so he's yeah he he kind of is like a turncoat at this point. Mm-hmm. He's right. made his switch over. Right, because the the whole thing with Maxwell was like ah, it's contingent on the fact that like I'm going to get my name written out of it and whatnot. And this episode, Rodney does not care about that. Right, he seems to have to some extent grappled with the gravity of the situation and understanding that like a guy was thrown out of a well a guy jumped out of a car because the option otherwise was death yeah that might make you kind of rethink some things okay so jason then we had a plan yeah so jason's plan (laughs) so jason and eugene decide that they need to try to get some kind of reconnaissance on this laptop. This laptop to figure out how they can get access to it and if it's really as good as they say. And we have a cutscene to Jason getting 
back in the car with right. Eugene after having spied through a window on Jellyfish using the laptop in uh, Blackard's office at the Harlequin Dinner Theater. Correct. And he starts saying things like uh, key words that he saw on the document. And I'm just thinking yep. to myself, like, either Jellyfish writes in, like, font 72 Algerian. Yeah. <laughs> and it is just, like, the most bold, legible thing. Or Jason Whitaker has... The eyes of a peregrine falcon. Dude, like yeah. he's got. How could he possibly read this? Because he's got spy goggles. Mm, fair. He does have uh, spy goggles. He probably like, does like have spy he, goggles. He, he's, he even mentions the bat phone. He does episode. mention the bat phone. I, I'm so glad. That was amazing. It, I did hear it makes that. Me really happy. Right before he gets arrested. Um, right. Spoiler alert. So, 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 so. <laughs> this is an amazing scene with uh, Jason and, and Eugene hatching a plot to try to get access to this right. laptop and so and yeah they're 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 talking about all of the all the stuff that was on the laptop and it gives eugene a an excuse to re-explain to the audience what edge biter is and mm-hmm. why that right. matters to the plot right um I and the edge biter chemical company right yeah and and then he uses that as a thing to say like oh like someone should tell Tom that Maxwell was trying to help him, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, he's just like in complete exposition mode, mm-hmm. um, yes. which is really really fun because mm-hmm. he just keeps saying all this stuff, and Jason just keeps going, "Yeah, I know," mm-hmm. and it's great because it is within Eugene's character and also only for the benefit of the audience, yeah, right. And then Jason puts it on Eugene to explain to Tom what. Richard have been doing to try to help him and and Jason and then uh, infrared data port ex machina yeah yep so so we had established first of all in the last episode that the laptops that Blackard gave to Bovril and to Jellyfish have infrared data ports so that they can share space right or share data yes and Jason says that he can effectively steal all the information on this laptop so that they can make copies of it right through uh infrared to high frequency to radio, radio waves. waves right so essentially yeah, yeah, yeah. what he's doing in an era before wi-fi is so infrared is a is the wireless transmission tech of the time and it is direct line of sight Mm-hmm. So there is a port on the computer that is pro- that can project out infrared and you can have another device receiving that and they have to be perfectly lined up to connect. Right. What Jason is saying is he has this device that looks like a paperweight that he can, using that infrared connection, make that connection and then rebroadcast the info over high-frequency radio waves or essentially wi-fi or bluetooth right like he has a way to then without direct line of sight right communicate with that device so he needs direct line of sight but not 100 percent. correct and so that puts to get it off the computer he needs direct line of sight but once it's off the computer he can broadcast it to his computer through walls in a very modern way and so now no 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 wait 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 
before we get to what we want the most. <laughs> I want it, it so is, bad. I know you do. We know, Andrew. Let me tell I you something. So I, then I'm, Eugene. I'm, oh, my Lanza. So then Eugene <laughs> becomes very eating. concerned about the legal ramifications of oh, yeah. said action. And he gives a... You, and you Jason got the, the list? Because yeah, I've got, got it list. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, Jason's being a secret agent again. And uh, Eugene says, you know, stealing this information is against the law. And Jason says, not if you have a court order. He said, do we have grounds for a court order? And he said, how about suspicion of fraud, conspiracy, malice, racketeering, and domestic terrorism? And Eugene says, that's a good start. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just just like, Eugene, uh, (laughs) Jason is so conveniently really well connected yeah 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 but also can we track what is what in that so the conspiracy is to get tom out of out of the out of the mayoral Mm -hmm. position the fraud is the fact that like the the edge biter right Mm -hmm. the edge biter and the fact that they took on over wits end under false pretenses malice I don't know if malice is, is a charge. Right, is malice a legal thing that I don't know about? Right, uh, malice you know. is a is you can throw that onto a charge. Okay, malice okay. is also a really bad movie that I love. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, <laughs> okay, but I just love on top of it all at the end. Just to just to top it off, domestic terrorism. Domestic terrorism. Like, what is the domestic terrorism? vandalism um, no, like well is it the poisoning the water supply is that what you're arguing for because like eh, i mean that's... maybe but it could also be well yeah because he doesn't know i mean, about I mean he's the virus. no he doesn't so it's, it's maybe buildings yeah it may, maybe it's maybe it's the gang stuff yeah it's not i mean domestic like, terrorism like spray painting all a of war the... memorial is just vandalism but right. i'm pretty sure if you are literally have a crime syndicate where you just bust up shops i feel yeah. like that counts yeah it's mm. just interesting that vandalism wasn't wasn't one of the things and yeah. they went straight for domestic terrorism which also it's 95 so we will keep that in mind yeah. yes so the problem is they need somebody to get this thing that looks like a paperweight into the office and put it in direct line of sight with the laptop and jason is stumped because he doesn't know of anybody that would be unsuspicious enough that they could conceivably get in there. Right. And Eugene calculates, like, at high speed and just goes, Yes! I believe I know the very man we seek! Or whatever. Yeah. Something Eugene Yes. Is. And it's a cutscene. And who's it a cutscene to, Andrew? Bernard Walton. You oh. want me to do what? <laughs> <laughs> Oh. And it's so good. Gosh, I love Bernard Walton. Oh I love God. him we so know. much. He's a hero in this episode. Oh, he's so funny. He like lays it on. Oh, oh. So they he get, is doing the most. Right. So get it. <laughs> Bernard is concerned that Eugene has been uh what what uh reading science fiction novels and yes. that they've messed with his mind. Yeah. Which tells the listener that they've had conversations in the past where Bernard tries to convince Eugene not to read science fiction novels, which is just funny for me to think about. Yeah. I mean, it had to have happened on the road trip, right? Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Good point. Good point. You want to listen to Dune, Bernard? We're driving across (laughs) the country. We can finish half of it. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, so they have to convince Bernard that he's been a window washer longer than he was ever involved with Tom's campaign because he was Tom's campaign manager and that this is the way that he can help now. And Bernard, his final hangup is not that he doesn't, is not the risk or anything like that. It's that he doesn't know anything about computers. And Eugene says, you don't have to know anything. That's what makes you perfect for this job. <laughs> Target when they hired me. Yeah. It's amazing. And so so yeah, the, the the other the other part of the of the conversation then goes to um, you know, kind of what are the risks? So if someone tries to open a file while they're copying, an error is going to show mm. up and they might just shrug and maybe shut down the computer, which would break the connection, or they might get suspicious and uh, investigate and find out that we are stealing their info. And Bernard's like, well, then why don't you just let me clear the room for like a half hour or so? And everyone's like, what? You can do that? It's like, oh, boys. You have no idea. Tomorrow Mustard morning, gas. sit back and let the master go to work. That was my, like, not best but not worst Bernard impression, and that is a direct quote. Yeah. yeah. It is. So the next morning, uh, we cut to a conversation with Blackard and Professor uh, Bovril. Mm-hmm. Bovril is explaining to Blackard that with the, was it TA-418, mm-hmm. that they were able to get um, from the Underground Railroad Tunnel... Like he's been plugging it into all of these uh, chemical formulae that were considered right. Right. untenable that so, they could not be made, and it basically works as a catalyst or like um, it's a stabilizing agent. or a stabilizing right. agent for a bunch of other chemical right. compounds. So they can't. So just... it's it's the mineral that's right. in the tunnel, right? It's exactly. it's an un, undisclosed mineral. That's <laughs> Wit just... has unlocked the key to super meth, <laughs> right? <laughs> But yeah, like, so, yeah, it's just an so, un- undisclosed mineral that's, that's been in the tunnel that we've been hearing about in the past couple of episodes, also referred to as the silent one. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And yeah, it has and, a stabilizing effect on, com- on, 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 on formulas. Right. And so Blackard is the most jovial we ever hear him. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, I love, he's got like such a good Blackard line where he says, uh, as soon as he gets really excited, you know, wonderful, simply wonderful, he's like, First things first, we must have control. And I was like, <laughs> that is such a good villain line. Mm-hmm. And yeah. no sooner does he say that, that you hear in the background, Hello! <laughs> Edwin, it's me! <laughs> what in the world? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody here? And so they open up the door, and it's Bernie Walton. Hey. Bernie Walton, window washer. He lets himself in. He is Hamming it up. So good. Oh it's, my gosh. He's so over the top folksy. It's and so good. It's Well, incredible. scratch my ears and call me Sparky. Yeah. Yeah. That's also a direct quote. Uh, yep. That, yep. Which is also a line that Bernard would say anyways, but he is selling it so much harder yeah, right now. Yeah, no. he lays on the accent. He's so charming in like the just making him seem as unassuming as physically possible by the just but then also times nine thousand right but then also being like folksy but manipulative oh yeah folksy but forceful yeah yeah no he completely manhandles blackard so it's the point is 
Bernard Walton, is those of you that don't know, and how could you not, he's a window washer by trade. He washes windows. Mm -hmm. He has a contract, or at least in this scene, he says he has a contract with the Harlequin Dinner Theater, and he says that he comes to wash their windows every Tuesday at 9, except for for the past few weeks, (laughs) which is incredibly convenient. Right. Also, the fact that this is happening on a Tuesday morning blows my mind <laughs> because we're talking about like some kind of shady secret agent stuff yeah. and it's happening on a tuesday, tuesday morning. morning tuesday mornings like, are the most suspicious days someone's eating some someone's eating like a breakfast biscuit mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah. and Absolutely. Jimmy Dean, perhaps mm. and yeah and so his his he's got this whole thing where like he's immediately calling him Edwin, mm-hmm. um, and then Regis finally explains, and he's like, "Oh, oh, you're the guy running for mayor. I, you know, I'm planning on voting for you." So he's got his foot in the door of like Blacker's got to be on his best behavior because yeah. he's in front of a Absolutely. loyal constituent, and so he grabs him by the short ones, right? And so and so he's like, Blacker's like, "Well, you don't have to wash today." He's like, "No, no, no. The contract says I do," and he's like. Well, you can just skip it, and I'll tell Edwin that you know you did it. And he's like, "Oh, you you would lie." And Blacker's like, "Ah, no, no, but uh, come back another time." And he's like, "No, no, I got to do this now." He says, uh, "Bernie Walton has never reneged on a contract in his life." No. I ain't about to start now. Direct quote. Yeah, again. and uh, and so he. Uh, it's and, and, then, and so so that so he starts washing the windows in the office and black is like really you got to start in the office and, and then he sprays he proceeds to like i imagine him like uncorking vats of chemicals and we get dirt be gone dirt be gone best stuff in the business and so blackard starts <laughs> got a mask on yeah. and pulls it and black is like what's going on he's like oh this is why i wear the mask and, yeah, yeah the mask and goggles he says and uh <laughs> and goggles and Blackard and Bovril start hacking up a lung, and it is the most prolonged coughing yeah. slash dialogue I think I've ever heard. It is two adult men just, and I listen close. This is a weird thing, but I listen close to see if they were just looping, and I don't think they were. <laughs> no. I'm pretty sure that whoever those voice actors were had to keep it up. Maybe, and maybe Dave Madden is just really, really method. And actually brought in something incredibly smelly and a gas mask. Right. It could be because he was, I mean, because they're both coughing. I'm imagining he made his own mustard gas. I'm not going to lie. I'm imagining he has a bucket and he put bleach and ammonia in it. And now we have mustard gas. That's very possible. And the thing is, is that like. They'd be crying more than you have to know. You have yeah. to know, though, that like I picture Bernard's wife. As the Maud. Maud. As, as chicken? The... <laughs> no. I mean, Good I joke. Just, but I'm just imagining her as like this bizarre, like kind of clingy, but also like like in a in an endearing folksy way, but then also kind of like, oh, you know Bernard, he's always doing things in his workshop. <laughs> yep. So she walks it on him making mustard gas <laughs> <laughs> and, and she's just like you know, I'm I, gonna go I, steal some information from Satan. I was gonna, I was gonna put on some tea. Do you want ice cream? And like, you know, Bernard is bent over some vat of yeah. mustard gas with a mask and goggles, 
And he's like, just put it on the counter, babe. Yeah. And, you know, when he's done, he goes in and he eats ice cream and probably is still in bed before 9.30. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's the dream right there. Make was... mustard gas, eat ice cream, go to bed at 9.30. The folksy so... domestic terrorist. So it, so, so it works. Wadfam Chalkpod does not support domestic terrorism. That it is... does support ice cream. Yes. In this one instance, the views of Andrew Osebo do affect the views of our podcast. That's view number two. Okay. Wow. Last time, this has happened before. Okay. There is precedent. Um, it's almost like the show is kind of mine. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, um, so Bavro leaves the laptop in the office because they're both trying to get out so quickly. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to Jason. Well, no, 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 no. So they want to take the laptop out. And he's like, oh, don't worry. I'll put a towel. I cover everything with towels first. Which you cannot possibly have covered everything with towels and just unleashed this vat of chemical death. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm going to guess he... Unleash the vat and then immediately start throwing towels on things. Yeah, yeah, you know, as as you do, as you do. Um, and so it's my Tuesday morning. I don't know about you. <laughs> and so we're out in in what I assume is an FBI surveillance van that yeah. Eugene and and Jason are in, and Eugene's like, "This isn't like they're like this isn't the information that we were expecting," mm-hmm. which is a really really good continuity from the previous episode, mm-hmm. right? Because, um, jellyfish was getting that computer cleared off mm-hmm. so right. that they could copy all of the Bavril's information on all of Bavril's info onto it and Rodney knew that but didn't communicate it and Maxwell knew it but he is in a coma and so all of Jellyfish's info is gone um Jason saw him moving it around and that was kind of the end of it right. and uh he is now it is now Bavril's info which would be a problem except that it ends up being incredibly beneficial because Eugene's like, oh, it's just like a bunch of chemical equations, but they all have one common denominator, and I kind of recognize it. It's it's the one from that I found when I analyzed the rocks at the college. In every instance, like these minerals are acting as a catalyst. It's it's inert. And then Jason, in an incredible moment of just like word association, the game, and just like that. That superhero epiphany Rue moment. Dash Ka. Well, so he's like inert, the silent one, Ruka, Ruka, Ruku. Oh, I have it. And then you just see like the galaxy Bing! brain. Like Jason's got it all figured out. He can see through the matrix, and he's just like, "Open! I your know mind. what to do. I know what Blackard is after." And so he is like locked in. Yeah. And at this point, Bernard has made it back out to their van. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And Bernard helps serve the exposition to the audience as Jason is explaining to Bernard, it's not Glossman that wants the tunnel, it's Blackard. Right. And what he's and I know exactly what he's after. And so what are the marching orders? They've got a they get so, the Israelites to beef up surveillance of Wits End. So yeah, he 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 has he tells Eugene to have Billy call all the Israelites and get them to surround Wits End, but they're gonna they're gonna be at a distance. And then Bernard's like, actually, there's a service road that no one really use about knows about that I use. You could have them take that um, so that they can <clears throat> surveil more closely. Um, and they're gonna record all the license plates of things coming and leaving that road. Um, and then, 
and then that's kind of the like that's the plan and then jason's gonna go off to do his own thing um he's like got some calls to make right and that's when he says to the bat phone to the bat phone (laughs) he's left the van he's walking towards wit's house he's like right to the bat phone which is a great little line i love it so much and And then then, lieutenant shaw yeah lieutenant shaw odyssey police sorry that was the best voice impression i could do of that one that's okay so yeah so jason gets arrested yeah yeah and basically uh he's like like on what charges he's super confused and then the uh, what it's yeah for making sergeant. death threats yeah for getting death we just blacker mayoral candidate. candidate oh mayoral candidate yeah that's right and basically so he plays the the tape for well him. that's not even yet because oh, we late. then we then jump back to the hospital this is a lot of happens in this episode mm-hmm because we go back to the hospital where Maxwell is out of the coma but in but asleep and Tom's found out from Eugene the information about him and is ready to talk to him and so it's Tom and Jack talking at Maxwell's bedside um Tom talking about how he feels responsible for what has happened and Jack genuinely doing a good job of being like a friend mm-hmm. in a very like wit manner it's a good it's a good Jack episode better Jack episode yes yeah better moderately low bar to beat but better um yeah so he's kind of explaining this and 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 tom like as we established last episode has been really like wrestling with this idea of forgiveness and like i just can't forgive him and having this this really uh hard time with that and that's when jack gets called away right well, so no, Jack, I mean, Jack yeah, says Jack. he offers to leave right? so that Tom and Maxwell can, can have talk, yeah. a proper conversation because Maxwell kind of wakes up and Tom's That's just right. like, Richard, like, you're no, a hero. No, he's not awake at the time. So so he's out of the coma, but he's asleep, right? right? Correct. And so he wants to talk with him, right? he's asleep. But so then he wakes mind. up. No, Richard says something first because he's like, you guys going to talk all night? I'm trying to get some sleep. No, and then no, no, Jack no, no, no. says, what I'm saying I'm go- is that he, Tom, the reason Tom says, I would like to have a talk with Maxwell while Maxwell's asleep. Right? Yeah. What? So Maxwell has not, is not conscious. Like, Tom doesn't think that. Oh, you think Maxwell that Tom was just going to say it to him while he's unconscious? Yeah. I, what oh. I interpreted that was he was really sad. He knew that, okay, so he's out of a coma. Maybe he's going to recover, but this could very well be his deathbed. And so Tom oh. is trying to reconcile with him. And then Maxwell's like, so you guys going to talk the whole time or what? Uh, trying to get interesting okay. interpretation. I didn't think of it that way, but I could picture that. Yeah. And so, so Jack, yeah. The miracle of radio drama. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Jack. Yeah, Jack is still, is still there. Yes, yeah. Yes, throughout this whole conversation, mm-hmm. which I f- forgot because he's really quiet. And then, um, no, wait, he, he walks out of the room and then he walks back in later. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so so Tom, yeah, so that, that interaction happens and then Maxwell's awake and Tom leaves the room. Jack leaves the room. Jack leaves the room. Tom goes on to call maxwell a hero and Mm -hmm. apologize for his own stubbornness and pride and ask maxwell's forgiveness and richard just in a beautiful moment is like no like i i 
deserve this. Mm-hmm. And Tom's like, no, you didn't. Mm-hmm. Like, which is such... It's so important for us to see that Tom is not only, like... He's is not only for... forgiving Maxwell, but he is also asking forgiveness from Maxwell. And he's advocating for Maxwell. Correct. In the sense that, like, when Maxwell's like, no, like... I'm a bad person. This is my just desserts. Tom's right. like, no, no, you're not. Like, I I'm, like you because I think that you're a good person now, right. and I'm I'm asking for your forgiveness because I didn't treat you like that. Right. Exactly. You're not the person I made you out to be. I'm the one at fault. Mm-hmm. This is us reconciling, um, and so they forgive each other, um, which is, yeah, just a great moment. Um, mm. Oh no! Really it's, nice. it's super. Good. We've been building to this for so long mm-hmm. because, like, the whole episode of the homecoming was them not being able to reconcile. Yeah, and then him coming then, back again, and then right. also not being able to reconcile. Yep. And then last episode being like, well, maybe I should reconcile, but maybe I don't know. Right. And then this I, episode I, I starts out with there. him being mean and then actually getting there. Yeah. So took tom long enough but like we're we're happy that, that that that's happened and then jack ducks in to say like hey tom can you stay with him like i gotta go yeah um because he is uh he has to go to the police station to the see jason bail out jason so the police station yeah yeah shaw plays back a tape from the original meeting with with Blackard mm-hmm. that we in had all Blackard. forgotten yeah. about because that yeah. was a while ago. That's in the return, I believe that that mm-hmm. that that interaction happens. Um, and we said at the time, I don't know how you would spin that into be anything. Like, what was the point of that re that interview thing or that recording? And uh, they weren't really able to spin it into anything. It is barely a, a threat. threat. And it it's is so obviously cut and pasted. Too. Well, it's it's pretty good up until the end. Like the Stay last on your toes, cut, Doc. Right. That bit is oh really goodness. really bad. Um, and there's actually there's a good bit about it in Adventures in Odyssey: The Official Guide. <laughs> the Return. Bring out the book. Absolutely. And so the um, uh, this is Nathan Hubler writing this. Um, is talking about that. The, the it was originally they had two versions of it one where it was like perfectly edited together mm-hmm. and you couldn't tell where the manipulation was and one that had some really obvious cuts and they decided for the episode so that it could be clear to the listener they decided to use the obvious one mm-hmm. but they in hindsight kind of regretted that (laughs) because this one makes the authorities sound a little bit silly for believing anything about it being obvious Mm -hmm. because or because it's so obvious it's so obvious yeah the thing is the episode does kind of address that discrepancy Mm -hmm. where they're like well we had like they had to follow it regardless Mm -hmm. um but i think it is funny that like of course a show that is as well edited as Adventures in Odyssey, like made that as a knowing choice. Yeah, and just yeah. and it wasn't that they couldn't edit it into something more clean. Like 
No, and it's the fact that they regretted adventures it, and Odyssey, like you know, no, the fact that they regretted it after the fact, I think, is a testament to it. Just being like, uh, well, we kind of, kind of bungled that one. Yeah, and I think it's funny that they talk about that in the guide. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so basically, how does Jason get out of jail? So he tells Jay or he tells Shaw what had happened and says, "Hey, call the NSA." Um, is that something you could do? Could you Google the NSA? I mean, it's not a real thing, but like, could you Google the CIA and then wait, call the them? NSA is a real thing. Wait, what? The National Security National Agency? Security Agency. Oh, that's not a made up thing for the show. Oh, well, I've learned something new. Yeah, NSA is like domestic surveillance. Oh, they're so the they're people... the people that know me really well. Yes. Them and everyone who listens to this podcast. Yeah, or any of the podcasts, really. Yeah, that's true. You've got a lot. I'm not really a not really a closed book. <laughs> no, no, he is not. Um, and so, so Jack or Jason doesn't get out in this episode. You said oh, yeah, how right. does yeah, he yeah, get yeah, out? Yeah, he's sitting in a holding cell with yeah. Jack. Sorry, he, Jack. Jack comes to him, and mm-hmm. they're sitting together there. Yeah. Um, and they finally have the conversation. That we wanted to happen for... Oh, God. Yeah. But it starts out <sighs> bad. Yes. With Jason being frustrated and Jack being distant and unsympathetic. Yep. And he's being kind of sly and quippy, but not in a way that, like, is nice. No. Not in a way that like, benefits like, well, Not in a way that's like, we're two friends having fun. Because Jason's like, why didn't you just lock me up and throw me in a closet? And Jack's like, I didn't realize that was an option. Like, <laughs> deadpanning. Yeah, yeah. Not being like, ah, I didn't realize that was an yeah. option. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. he like, doesn't do it in a way that's like, as comedic as it should be, in my opinion. I can get some of Bernard's gas and knock you out. That was pretty funny. Um, oh, it's funny. It's just not delivered in a comedic sense. No. No, no. He definitely is just all straight guy in this uh, in this little interchange. Yeah, so, and this is kind of when Jason comes back around, right? And he's like, okay, I'm, like, he starts off being angry and we have this, like, very clear right. conflict. Where he's just mad at the injustice of all this and also mm. that, like, he let himself be taken advantage of it right. in this way. Like, yeah. He uses the he's, word idiotic quite right. a bit. He's spy Jason. He's better than this. Yes, that's what we've been saying. <laughs> I.e. Yeah. the Israelites right. being he bad. He shouldn't have a child army. Apparently um, not. <laughs> and, so, and so he then is just like, you know, I've been arrogant. I don't know how to fight this anymore. I think you're probably, you've been on to something and just like, you know, can I you need your forgiveness. Me? Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to go ahead and tell you everything. Stuff about me and my past. Stuff about dad. Like, we're going to get into this. But before we do that, let's pray. And they do the good, um, the Odyssey prayer cut scene. Yep. Mm-hmm. Where they start the prayer and then they transition away from it, which is right. good. good. I love it I so much as a choice. That do that. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to a scene of, it's like a press meeting. From Kurt where, Morse, mm-hmm. voiced by Kurt Morse. <laughs> is it Morse or Morris? So it sounds like Morris in the episode. Mm. The actor is Morse. Oh, he is, right. The character is listed on the wiki as Morse. But I think it might be a joke where, like, 
Kurt Morris with or Kurt Morse with a C voices like Kurt Morris with a K, yeah. and we just can't tell. Yeah, but I'm not. It, ha 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 ha. Right. Ha, ha. That that might be the case, it's or it might just be funny. everybody pronouncing his name weirdly. But regardless, right. it's Kurt Morse. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the guy, and he's live at the Harlequin, and where Blackard's about to make a statement about Jason. And um, uh, Blackard looks pale. Yeah, Blackard looks pale, and uh, probably from all the the gas. <laughs> gas. But anyway, uh, so Blackard comes out and he addresses the crowd and he tries to be magnanimous. I thought that this was like an incredibly Odyssey thing to do, where he says, you know, even while this was happening, I was hoping, and then he gets emotional, praying, praying. that this was all a bad dream, but it wasn't. And, I hope uh, that justice will prevail. Right. He says, uh, you know, I bear no Ill-, Ill wish towards Jason. He needs yep. professional help. Oh, yeah. So he's being like oozing with uh, magnan... Mag- he's, he's being, being magnanimous. He's being magnanimous. I don't know the right yes. way of saying that. So he, he's... Oozing with magnumosity? So the point is, Blackard is in front of these people. He doesn't look good. He says some nice things about Jason wanting him to get help. And he also makes a allusion to some kind of a spiritual connection, which he obviously does not evidence in any other way, which is like one of those things where it's like, oh, politicians might use their spirituality to try to win you over. Too bad we didn't see that coming when it happened again and again. <laughs> well, Jerry uh, Falwell Jr. coming at you. But anyway, the point is that Blackard is a bad guy pretending to be a less bad guy. And then when he says justice will prevail at the end, he's super dramatic and he faints. Yes, but pots. he doesn't just faint. He makes his signature fainting sound. This is my impression of Blackard's fainting sound. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I'll, it I'll sounds, accept it. It, it. Actually, there's, oh. like, there's overtones in it of, oh. <laughs> More than that, but it's also kind of throaty, and I could almost. How do you aud- like? How do you convey audibly eyes rolling back into head? Right, right. and just like your body kind of swaying as you fall. Yep. It's a it's really, really good acting. Yeah, shout out to Earl Bowen. Yeah, but it is like passed out many times in my life. I would say that it goes uh uh oh oof. Black. Right. It's well. It's very. It's very theatrical. Yes. Of like, oh, well, yeah, we've got to yeah. communicate yeah. this complex thing. Well, but the thing is, is that he, he, so he makes the sound. We hear the sound of him hitting the ground or the stage or whatever he's on, yep. and then Kurt Morse takes over, and Doctor Blackard has collapsed, and yep. then we hear in the background Glossman yelling, "Somebody call an ambulance!" Right. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah. That's the end of the episode, guys. A doozy. So I have a question for you. The two of you. Okay. Yeah. What was the last resort? Bernard Walton. (laughs) (laughs) In Uh, times of trouble, we put out the bat signal, and here he comes with his squeegee and his adorable folksy metaphors to save the day. I Bernard Walton, window washer. You know what? It's so funny because when I thought about the title, too, I was like, I thought that this one, because the episode before this was Another Chance, right? Correct. I thought that the names were switched. I thought that this episode was called Another Chance because right. that would have made so much more sense to me. And then when I found out that it was called The Last Resort, I was like, 
I don't know. They just thought it sounded epic. Whatever. Yeah. It's Odyssey. Yeah. You know, it's a good title. Yep. What's the title of the the, 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 the last the final conflict? The final the conflict. Final conflict. Oh. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, any other thoughts on this episode? A lot happens. It is. It is, and yet it's so dialogue driven. Mm-hmm. It is an incredible episode from a just like how did they pull it off perspective because Mm -hmm. we get two major the conclusion of two major arcs of forgiveness that are not rushed through by any means and we also get recaps of everything up to this point and good plot advancement and a bernard side plot like it is perfect (laughs) i I don't know how they pulled it off, but I am so glad they did shout like all all the praise for this episode mm-hmm. to Mr. Lawler and Mr. McCusker who oh, co-wrote it. Um although I think Paul McCusker is the only credited director. But you know, yeah. It, it no, is... it's a good episode. There's a lot in it. There's a lot of memorable moments. It was like I mean First of all, I just quote things because I think it's funny, and I like to do uh, impressions of Odyssey characters every now and again. It kills oh, me that we didn't have the Crying Brian Dern Show yep. on this episode. It runs at in all. the family. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. So Andrew and I are a lot alike in that way, but um, it it really did. Like I thought they did a great job of moving the plot, making it memorable, making it quotable, making it fun because Mm -hmm. it's odyssey but also making it serious because it's serious odyssey i thought that the setting was really good i thought that they did a really good job with the setting in the show to set platforms for said plot development so like something about i mean obviously being in a hospital makes it more emotionally engaging you know and you're like the little heart monitor in the background oh exactly and well and especially i mean because you know i worked at a hospital spent time around hospitals like I definitely can completely imagine all of the stuff going down, except for the nurse letting him go into the ED. Yeah, <laughs> know. you know. The, the, um, I'm not going to name names, but I have I have worked with uh, nurses and I have worked with um, receptionists that could very conceivably have lapses in judgment. <laughs> that is all I will say about yeah. it. You know what, everyone? Everyone could have a lapse in okay. judgment. So yes. I want to just just no touch on for rational. Can we can we touch on a discussion question real quick because it baffles me? Yeah, sure thing. Should Jason have secretly downloaded information from Blackard's computer? Why or why not? Why not? I mean, technically it's illegal, right? But he like, got a warrant. Yeah, yeah, they waited to get a court order. So as far as I'm concerned, that what they did was like. Yeah, it was not only justified, but it was also like legally safe. Right, to do. right. That, that that's exactly it. Is the actions I probably could have justified regardless, but the fact that it was legally sanctioned, it's like yeah, of course. Right, exactly. Right. It's like um, oh my gosh, in uh, Novacom when they have to wait to get subpoenas and search warrants. Yeah, it's like okay, yeah, it's due process. Right. Like uh, law well, enforcement. the CPU and all its components. Yeah, law enforcement isn't good Very at good. anything except for providing cover. For private citizens to do things that would otherwise be illegal. Thank you, Adventures in Odyssey. There you go. That's very succinctly put. Uh, what we have talked about many times. Yeah, uh, our our favorite, our favorite. It's it's it's, it's the Whitaker disease. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They they all they all have a little bit of. The, They're just uh, trying to live up to Bernard. Yeah. They're take, like take... he's he's the real hero. You put out the you know the mop bucket squeegee signal in this night sky, and they're just trying to keep up. I think that's it. I want a Bernard spinoff. 
Is he dead? The actor that plays Bernard yeah. is he dead? Nah. Oh, yeah. man. Uh, in, in Odyssey canon, Bernard is retired in Florida with his wife. That kind of makes sense. Lots of ice cream in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah. Um, I don't know. Any other closing thoughts? It was good. I enjoyed it thoroughly. The final conflict's the next one. Yeah, I know. I close this I, arc. And I am terrified to episodes. record that episode. It's going to be so a much. Boat. It's going to be a behemoth. Like it's. We're going to need to block out a lot of time. Yep. I we will talk about it as soon as we are done recording here. Yeah. I have thoughts. With that said, uh, does anybody plug stuff? I don't know, Brendan. Do you do you have stuff that you want the Chalk Squad plug? to be aware of? Oh, I don't know which which what you do. Which, no, no. You know what? No, I, no, no. SoundCloud do, for no, us to I, promote. I don't, I don't have any. Uh, I don't have any material uh, released for public entertainment. I probably should get on that, but. Yeah. As of now, if you want anything that's even remotely similar to me, you should just listen to the Andrew Sable <laughs> podcast because there's a decent bit of him that sounds like me. Yeah. Hey. And you're, mm. oh no, you you haven't been on a proper episode of the Andrew Sable podcast, have you? No, I've never been a guest on that. Wow. Wow. It's strange. How? You've I been don't on know. The... I don't know. No, you. you, you no. no. No, we did. I so think, years I think ago, you do pop in in on like maybe a nathan, nathan episode, episode yes yeah. where you like andrew, talk about music for like a minute yeah but. yeah andrew andrew and i made a podcast that we didn't release years ago called into the weeds no we did release yeah. it it's just been deleted from the internet right. oh okay it that's was right. it was released on soundcloud but uh then andrew as he was you know running out of space on soundcloud deleted it and he doesn't have copies anywhere no because it's andrew yeah yeah and, and why it, would i well is and it, it was, worth remembering <laughs> i mean it was pretty funny but it was more entertaining for us and yeah. that's like the kind of the downside about podcasts is like you get into doing it because it's entertaining for you but then you keep doing it once you realize that you can make it entertaining for other people and i don't think we ever got to that point i'm pretty sure it was just like a fun way to be self-amused for an hour and a half yeah oh when we were doing it yeah no for sure it was a good time yeah I, I think if I put out a consistent product for the Andrew Sable podcast, I could potentially get something, but I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, it's just for you. Consistency is uh, not my middle name. Yeah. So so speaking of the Andrew Sable podcast, uh, new episode on the way. On the way. Will, you think it will be out by the time this episode is out? This this will come out Tuesday. So what no. are you doing? Tomorrow? Okay. So so yes. So it will not be out. Uh, when this is, so we will talk about it on the next episode. Yeah. Uh, if it is out at that point. Yeah. Um, sure it's in the can though. Yeah. So that's it's something. four episodes. Do we get any uh, information about the merch? I remember hearing that on your there, last episode. You you were selling um, Make Odyssey. Was it Return, Return Odyssey, Odyssey to, to its, its former, former glory? glory. T-shirts yeah. are available at tpublic.com. Oh there goodness. will be a link in the description. Oh my um, gosh. If I, you want I, to buy those. Has anyone bought one? Yes. We have sold one. That's amazing. If you were the person who purchased that, send us a picture. Um, That's so funny. If and when you receive it. But but yes. Uh, and then I'm not, I'm not plugging anything this week, but we do have a review. Oh, we do? So this I, uh, I stumbled upon uh, a couple weeks ago and just kept forgetting to bring it up. But uh, we received our first review on Stitcher. Hey! So thanks to the person who left the review on Stitcher. Know that this is not a place that I check. I only check 
the Apple Podcast reviews in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So if you are someone who leaves reviews elsewhere, you're going to have to tell us so that we can find them. Tweet us a link. Tweet at us. Send an email. uh, DM Andrew on Instagram. um, Or Twitter. (laughs) Or Snapchat, really, if you feel so... industrious but sable andrew 10 for those who care oh my word but the uh yeah it is uh it's just pure coincidence that i managed to find this but you know it's it's exciting so user joyful tunes leaves us a five-star review great podcast this podcast is really awesome keep up the good work wow so it was short it was sweet and it was to the point i loved it Oh, 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 oh. A little heckling reference yeah. from uh, the Muppets. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, That's so what you yeah. Get when you record a podcast, that with is. <laughs> Would you say? That's what you get when you record a podcast with us. Yeah. <laughs> That's correct. So we are going to wrap up this uh, this guest episode, the penultimate yeah. episode of Darkness Before Dawn. We will be back in a week, sans Brendan, to talk about the final conflict. Bye, guys. Bye. Shalom. Wadfam Chalk Pod is a presentation of the Lidditz Podcast Co-op. This show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with Adventures in Odyssey or Focus on the Family. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. Follow the podcast at Wadfam Chalk Pod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at wadfamchalkpod at gmail.com. The Last Resort was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Acebo, with special guest Brendan Acebo. It was edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wad Fam Chalk Pod.